Welcome listeners, once again it's the 68th instalment of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 29th of August 2017, three games in to the Fancy Premier League season. First of all, welcoming back the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back to yourself too. And it's a big thank you to you actually, Iceman, because this week, ladies and gentlemen, slightly nostalgic moment here. The Iceman has gone from being Iceman to best man as he's agreed to be the best man for my upcoming wedding. So I'm looking forward to him organising me a, uh, a lovely stag and giving a lovely speech on the day. Yes, lovely being the ultimate word there. Do, do you, would you be willing to perhaps not promote the podcast at the wedding or is that going to happen anyway? <laughs> we, we promote the podcast wherever we go, Billy, you know this, up the pod. Of the pod, it's going in the speech. And uh, joining us this week, delighted to have him back on again this season. A couple of great appearances for us last year. Um, it's the man that pipped me to the post at the end of the se- I say pipped, he was ahead of me all season. But welcome back, Courts. Good to have you on board again. Evening, chaps. How are we doing? And congratulations. I, I didn't realise. So with that little bit of news, congratulations and I uh, hope it all goes well. Thank you very much. With the Iceman's organisational skills, um, I've, I've no doubt we're in safe hands. <laughs> but um, how have you been getting on? Because the thing I've been asking people early season is how they've coached during the summer months um, without FPL. How have you been managing? Uh, to be honest, uh, lots of auditions being very busy on, on the other. I sort of I, I just sort of binned FPL for a few weeks just to sort of refresh and everything like that. But it's it's great being back on board now. Uh, I must admit, you, you, you get back into the swing of things very, very quickly. But uh, I just need some of the luck from last season to start to parlay itself into this season. That's the only problem. Yeah, that would be handy, wouldn't it? Yeah, the uh, the good finish you had last season, just trying to carry yes. over this year. And the green arrows as well. It's when you start to see those little green arrows is when it, it, it pulls you back in. So um, I'm going to ask you about your team in a second, Hortz, but let's uh, start off in traditional style. Iceman, we've had three game weeks now. How did you get on in this one? Not brilliant this game week. Got 41 this game week. So captained Kane over Lukaku, which we were thinking after the United game was brilliant, but no, just the two points from him. The August drought just seems to go on for him. I uh, had uh, Mane with eight. He's scoring every game now. I actually doubled up on the Southampton defence with Bertrand and Stevens, and I had Jones in there with seven. So, yeah, not too great, but keeping up just about... Ah, two below average, actually. 43 was the average. So, yeah, not a great week for me. You red arrows there. Well, um, Iceman, uh, a little bit better this week for me. I've had two dire weeks to start the season, but this week, actually, I finally got back on form with a 60-point haul, and I've got green arrows across the board, which um, is a wonderful feeling. Anybody knows that feeling after a weekend of FPL. My uh, big hitters, I I backed Liverpool against Arsenal, and Mane and Firmino came in strong, um, putting the plump, well, plunging our club into um, dismay. Um, I kept uh, the faith in Delhi Alley. Cedric came in with a cleanie for me. I actually transferred Bellerin to Alonso. Good thing I did that this week. And I kept the faith in Jay Rodriguez and he came up with a goal. One player who uh, scored highly for me on the bench was Lascelles with six points. But I noticed across the board a lot of people with Newcastle players actually benching them and Newcastle 
sort of bucking the trend on their form. So it'll be interesting to see what we think about them a little bit later. Yeah, me too. I, I went Hennessy over Elliot, so Elliot sat on my bench with seven, which is unfortunate. But yeah, that Newcastle side looks a promising prospect for the defenders. At the moment, I'm sure we'll get into uh, all things Kieran Clark very shortly. Um, Hawks, how did you get on? A, a fairly grim week, to be honest. Uh, 35 in total, and it was looking even worse. And I just had my fingers crossed that uh, Kolasinac wasn't actually going to come off the bench for a horrible one-pointer. So after Arsenal made their third sub, I was actually celebrating because uh, Atsu came off my bench to actually make oh, it relatively luck. decent. Other- nice. Otherwise, I'd have been stuck below 30 which wouldn't have been good at all so uh, but yeah it's 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 been a slow sort of plodding start i i've sort of i gambled with the two big price players who haven't yet returned in de bruyne and kane and obviously that sort of uh, that sort of affected my team elsewhere but i'm i'm sort of hanging in there with harry not so much with kev <laughs> go to harry but not kevin off the um before we started recording we talked a bit about formations this season yeah people I've seen it on Twitter. We've talked about it with a couple of people who've come on the pod so far. 4-3-3. What's the yep. thinking there? 4-3-3. I saw at the end of, obviously, last season, a lot of teams were following Chelsea's lead and going to the, the wing-back formation. And um, there seemed to be a number of sort of cast-iron, locked-on guys of relatively expensive, but also some reasonably priced options there. So I loaded my defence with wing-backs, with the exception of company, but the rest of them were wing-backs, who I all thought had great attacking potential with Kolasinac, Van Anholt, Bertrand, um, and even Sutner from Brighton. And so I've been rolling out this four at the back. I'm not convinced it's not going to work. I think, obviously, it was just a bad choice of players with Van Anholt. I think Kolasinac has a chance to come through now. Now the Ox is hopefully on his way to Chelsea. It's It obviously has it's tempered what I've been able to do in the midfield because I've got Lukaku and Kane up top. So it remains to be seen whether it's because it's affected what I can put in the midfield, whether or not it's been a good move. I think now some of the lower priced wing backs are starting to come to the fore when it comes to wild card, which I'm intending to do in about three weeks time. I'm thinking of keeping to the wing back formation, but go for some cheaper options and then be able to uh, pump that money into the midfield a little bit more. So you covered, there's two topics you've covered there, Horse, which are quite helpful. So I like the 4-3-3 discussion. I do think that the changing culture of 3-4-3 for a lot of teams is making, you know, having three wing-backs at least on your side in some capacity attractive. You also talked about wildcard there, and we've got this international break. Um, so for you, it's sticking for the wildcard at the moment rather than twisting. It is. I mean, considering I've made a relatively poor start, the, the knee-jerk thing would be to go chuck them all chuck them all away and start again but i there is this sort of fixture change there's a definite definitive change round about week six week seven for a lot of teams uh for example i've avoided everton for example i've avoided leicester who've had horrendous starts but all of a sudden from game week six they have this sort of sea of green in front of them and it gives you a chance to assess and, and sort of see how the the new guys into the league have slotted into their teams it also gives you a couple of weeks after the transfer deadlines been and gone to see you know again who's moved who's news who's moved into new teams how they're balancing out how rotations are playing out so you don't make flyers on guys who are going to be sitting on the bench for their teams it gives you a much deeper understanding how the teams are setting up for the remainder of the season and of course if you use your wild card in week six most of us aren't going to use the wild card again or a lot of us aren't going to use the wild card again until just before the big double game weeks in what 35 36 something like that so it really needs to set you up for a good long time and you you don't want to knee-jerk into something you'll regret in a couple of weeks. That's the only thing. 
Yeah, I like that kind of way of thinking. The other thing as well with these international games coming up, it's an absolute minefield for injuries. Fortunately, I've not had too many um, transfers that have affected me. I do remember a season though when David Silver, I'd transferred him in for a minus four and he came back cropped. So that put me in all sorts of trouble. Um, so like yourself, I'm going to be holding off to see. I particularly like Everton with slightly cheaper players and having this this kind of, you call it a sea of green, the Iceman may call it a garden of green uh, coming up. So particularly defensively, I like the look of it. And also Rooney is, is really on my radar at the moment, having quit yeah. international football for the Patriots. And the thing is, they, they've got, out of their way they've got five horrendous fixtures off their fixture list so for the remainder of the season for for the remaining 33 weeks you know those games aren't coming up again (laughs) so uh, you should be able to hang on to them a lot longer for for a longer run of hopefully good good performances i spend any thoughts on the wild card situation no i'm I'm in exactly the same boat as Hortz there really i just i don't think we know enough and there's so much that can change and i don't think there's any real players that anyone truly wants in their team like i'm even thinking about removing lukaku at the moment Uh, there's lots of players who i'm unsure about and you need more time we need more time to assess the data yeah i like that well a little bit of thinking a bit of early advice on wild card there but i think the the message at the moment is let the dust settle before you knee jerk into anything but with that let's talk about the fantasy football surgery podcast mini league and the top 10 starting to take shape so in 10th place we have winning barely original name there uh, ninth place we've got hope solo fc seventh sorry eighth place we've got rukaku fc uh, in seventh we've got bitter better still jekyll and hyder in sixth place cop caballero listen uh, up into fifth that's a new entry this week uh, i love this one douchebag solidarity yazir mustafa into fourth FM 10 slash 7 FC. That's Von Marks well up into third. The Shermanators dropped off the top. That's a shame. I love that name with Christopher Sherman this week. Um, but the top scorer, well, top of the league at the point, this point in time, Draper's fancy team, Dean Draper. Good score this week of 75 is leading the fancy football surgery mini league. Just notice actually Christopher Sherman has the uh, the T70 version of his side in, uh, down in 48th place. So following Hort's theme of having a couple of teams running, We've also got one of our fellow podcasters, Ash Kern from the Gaffer Tapes. Ash uh, is in 45th at the moment, so looking to crack into our top 10. Nice. Very strong. Right, well, let's get into the fixtures, chaps. Now, a bit of a gap until the uh, the next round, of course, but we don't have to wait too long. The 9th of September, the 12.30 kickoff. What a game this is going to be. Manchester City take on Liverpool. Horts, I'm going to come to you first for this one. Who do you like in this fixture? Well, I mean, what a cracking fixture to start off the weekend. I mean, there's always that thing, of course, people hate captioning people from that that early fixture, but there's got to be a lot of temptation in this one, I would imagine. But um, Liverpool are interesting because... Like you said, guy, the, the Mr. Draper there, top of the league currently, he's got those the three named Liverpool guys, you know, Mane, Salah and Firmino. The thing is, beyond them, I'm not convinced. I mean, I, I know they got the clean sheet against Arsenal at the weekend, but they have this, they're in this rotation scenario, especially in their defence. In, in the fact that you don't know who's going to be starting from one week to the next. So they're, they're all a bit of a gamble. But the other, I mean, those three guys we've mentioned, though, Salah, Mane, Firmino, I think you you can't lose wherever you go. Salah looked incredible. I mean, the way he just ripped the Arsenal defence to to shreds. If his finishing was a little bit better, he'd have had a hat-trick at the weekend. Mane is always uh, class, absolute class. His his finish was was amazing, and he can pretty much score from anywhere. 
And Firmino's getting it done. I mean, Firmino's, he's been flaky in the past, but over, you know, we've only got three games to go by, but he's obviously relishing playing up top there and he's coming through. They've also got pretty good fixtures over the next four weeks up until sort of Man United and Spurs come calling in sort of weeks eight and nine. So they're, they're worth a, a, an investment even in the sort of three to four week short term but a, a guy who might be quite interesting the only other guy really i'm tempted by is uh chan yeah, he know. he's only five he only costs five although the only problem with him he he often is the assister the assister so you don't necessarily get the stats that his work rate deserves but he was running the show um in that sort of de bruyne position or that, that's what it looked like for liverpool and um he's just one of those if you if if you're short of funds and you want a bit of liverpool coverage he's probably not a bad punt at five the only thing um, is his, his minutes are a worry aren't they I mean he didn't play I think it was the first game or one of the first he, games yeah he's two. played in two yeah he's played in two he sat, the, he sat the second game of the season so again he's part of that rotation um, but then I suppose Salah is, is also part of the rotation but he's He's come up with 23 points in two and a bit games, hasn't yeah. he? So, I suppose uh, that second he, game was because of their midweek game that they had. Um, yeah. And yeah. then it looks like the full team, because I think Milner played instead of Chan. So I think that he is in the starting eleven. But when Champions League comes around, it's always going to be a worry of any of the Liverpool players for me. I think that uh, Mane could be dropped as well. And it is a tough one between the two of whether to go uh, Salah or Mane. But yeah, Chan, if he does start, I think he is a good bet. Very cheap at 5 mil. And of course, none of us have mentioned Coutinho. We're a couple of days away from the transfer deadline. If he doesn't go to to Barcelona by Thursday night, he's back in the mix, one assumes. So that could muddy the waters a little bit more. Yeah, it just gives another rotation risk to all of their midfield, doesn't it? They're also looking at Lamar, who Arsenal are after. Of course, he'll probably go to Liverpool because they're a better team. Um, But yeah, it (laughs) it adds more more players to the mix and as the winner last season actually went the whole season without any Liverpool players I know the top of the league in our league currently has got three but you know he went the whole season without them probably because of that rotation risk and yeah uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm think like I've got Mane at the moment I'm going to keep him until there are any problems but you know at some point I, I will be worried about if he's going to play I I'm just going to come back to a guy you mentioned earlier, um, Hawks, which was Firmino. I, I, I agree. I think you could, you know, take any one of those three at the moment and you'd be okay. I definitely think Mane, as long as he's fit, is one to almost a must-have at the moment for me. Um, but the, it's it's Firmino's position I've been most interested in because last year the criticism was always he plays a centre forward, but he, he acted more like sort of dropping into a false nine slash out wide. But and again, this is only going on three games, but if I'm looking at statistical changes of him being a centre-forward truly this season, he is on average making 10 less passes per game. His crossing average has halved from last season, mm. and his shooting average is up as well. You know, for, the, for 35 appearances last season, he had 100 shots. He's had three and he's had nine already so far, half of which have been on target. So... And the other thing is his strike rate last season, 0.31. This season, it's 0.67. So again, only three games to go on. But if the early trend is right, whether this is about Liverpool playing more direct or him actually having the mindset now, because he scored... Actually, if you look at his pre-season stats, they were very good as well in terms of attacking returns from goals. Actually, the numbers are there to support that Firmino at the moment is playing like a true 
number nine. I still think his price is very reasonable and a very attacking Liverpool side. So he's staying in my team, and he'd be one I'd be be looking at in the uh, in the near future. If you if you haven't got him, and you're looking to wildcard. Yeah, I I think that there are two aspects to this particular game itself. You you look at Liverpool, they've got eight goals, highest amount of attempts on goal of 39 out of all the teams. But then Man City actually conceded the least amount of shots in the box so far this season and have the most possession so far this season. So this game... Well, it could go either way, really. Um, you look at City, the way they played in the last game, their their attack is just so fluid. They, I mean, if Pep could have about seven attacking players on the pitch, I think he would. But yeah, with Liverpool and Firmino, I think going forward, he he's definitely a keeper. But I wouldn't necessarily bring any of Liverpool players in for this game. Yeah, I mean, City have conceded in their last two games, so I think I do think they can be got at. Um, it's an interesting one. I, I personally am going to keep the faith in that Liverpool attack. Iceman, you may be thinking the other direction. No, no, I'll, I'll keep the faith. I just wouldn't bring any of them in. But I, I know people are looking at Firmino to bring in. Like A lot of people have brought him in, but I, I just think maybe just wait a week. So... I think just if I can move us on to Man City chaps, and I want to speak a bit about the KDB situation at the moment. There's been a quote that's come out saying that this is from KDB himself from a source suggesting that he's actually now knowingly playing in a more defensive midfield type position. Not the true holding midfielder where you would see Fernandinho, which is if if you watch the game against Bournemouth, Fernandinho was kind of the holding midfielder. KDB was sat to his left, silver to the right. And I was saying to Hawks before the podcast, it's almost like a bit of a Iniesta type, Javi type role for him. But KDB himself has been saying, like, the reason you're not seeing the same statistical output from him this season, obviously he didn't use the word statistical because footballers generally don't use that term, but it's because of that defensive role that he is now playing in. And you're definitely seeing it with KDB. There's been a, a change in his, if you look at him statistically, his defensive work is actually fantastic. He's making more tackles on average this season. Fewer shots, though, and fewer crosses. We're definitely seeing more defensive work. I mean, he's just as efficient going forward, but we're seeing more work done further back. And that, as a 10 million midfielder, is a concern for me in this game and just having him moving forward. I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Hawks? Yeah, definitely, I agree. I mean, I've had him those first three weeks, so I've paid particular attention to the returns. I, I put week two down as an aberration with the Walker sending off in that third week against Bournemouth because I thought well if he's going to go he's going to go against them and as you say he was playing that much deeper I mean his distribution was fantastic he was flaring passes all all over the pitch but by playing that much deeper he's now always going to he, he's he's going to be assisting the assister and further back than that and he made one or two incisive passes I think uh, Jesus had a chance to convert one that would have given him an assist but yeah just not enough return to to warrant the 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 10 million price tag you know if he was a couple of million cheaper you might still hang on to him and just keep your fingers crossed but at, at 10 million you can get pretty much anybody else bar hazard and Sanchez so and there and there are other people that are that are banging and performing that mm. it just doesn't warrant the spot anymore so I mean I did bite the bullet I, I made the early move because I saw he was going down as early as yeah, Saturday night yeah. and uh, and brought Mkhitaryan in. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. want to make the move that early. Yeah, didn't want to make the move that early, but just 
it just seemed like a no-brainer and uh and i i don't think i'll look back on that move to be honest yeah i i actually brought in ericsson probably a week too late because I, I missed out on the price rise of ericsson but I, I missed out on the price dip of kdb so that was okay for me but yeah i don't think he is an fpl option i agree with everything that you guys said the only thing is though when gundogan is back i think that he might play and KDB might play a little bit further forward uh, and also KDB is still on corners so you've always got that element as well it's true I mean I don't I don't think he, he's not going to be useless but you always have to take the price tag into account and uh, and te- and 10 million isn't giving you the returns that so many you know you want a man he's obviously player, better than you? a lot of yeah, he's he's better than a lot of five and six million pound players, as you would expect, and he'll still probably return more than they will. But when you say you've got your Mane's, your Salas, your Mkhitaryan's, your Pogba's, uh, Ericsson, Ali, all cheaper than him, uh, and all currently are better options than him at the moment, so it, you've got to be very brave to hold on to that. Yeah, agreed. so horse in terms of if we're not going KDB, is there anyone else in the city side that's sort of attracting your attention at the moment? <laughs> Well, I mean, David Silva seems to be playing a little bit further forward, but it just scares me now, this whole pep rotation thing. We had it last year, and it already seems to be skipping into full force with Aguero being benched at the weekend. And I, I look at that team, and you say, and, and bar someone like De Bruyne maybe, I can't see anyone that's absolutely locked in. We were chatting just before we started with, with uh, Mendy's arrival. He looks to be a bit of a beast, and uh, if he, he cements a spot, at left wing back he may be a guy to keep an eye on and, and, a, and a potential guy to bring in but he's 6.5 so he's one of those guys you've got to make sure that he's coming up with the goods before you bring someone into your team at that sort of price you don't want to be taking a flyer at a 6.5 million defender you what you want to make sure you know what you're getting and he can also be rotated with Sane at some points as well. He's always got that risk. You can't you can't really trust True. Pep, can you? I mean, he benched Stones. A lot of people had Stones in their team. He benched him. Uh, there is Otamendi, but he is second out of the defenders with attempts on goal. So I think some people may be overlooking mm. him, but you can't trust him to actually start every game either. Okay, just a little bit of breaking no, I, news. Um, just one player who isn't going to be there quite yet but may become an option for Man City they've just failed with a 50 million pound bid for Alexis Sanchez so that looks like for the next few days we may see something happen there yeah apparently they want to swap Sterling and some money or something I'm not sure what's going on I think Wenger's actually going to hold out for this one but Sanchez moving in is just going to muddy the waters even more. I mean, you, yeah. you, you, you figure he would be a lot to start at any other team. But going to Manchester City, there's still no guarantee that he'll be rolled out every game. And it's, it, it, it almost gets to a say, and it's, it's amazing to say with a team as talented as Manchester City, but you, you really are taking a gamble by going for any of their players. And it's almost worth just saying, well, you know what, for a few weeks I'm going to avoid them and just see how this plays out before I actually make an investment yeah. because they're all relatively expensive. Yeah, totally agree with that. Totally. Chaps, we've, uh, we've, I'm just going to, um, I suppose, move us on because we've spent a lot of time speaking about this fixture. I mean, it sounds like a little bit more pro-Liverpool in terms of locked players. If we can move on to the Arsenal versus Bournemouth fixture, the first three o'clock fixture on the 9th of September. Iceman, our beloved Arsenal, are in absolute disarray at the moment. The fans are on Wenger's back. We've lost two in a row. We're losing Chamberlain. We're losing Sanchez. The Bergerman outside's leaving as well. You know, we, we can't win at the moment. What's going on? Is there anyone... Is there any kind of hope for Arsenal in this fixture? Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, I think the 
feel the players are not playing for the manager an- anymore and they've almost given up. Just looked abysmal against Liverpool. It was horrible to watch. But the in a fancy football term, if you're going to go any Arsenal players, it's a massive risk, especially with Lacazette being benched and Kolasinac being benched. Like you can't now you can't even trust Wenger and uh, he seems to have just mucked the team up a little bit playing people shoehorning Ox into the team playing Bellerin at left back I don't really see any options here I mean it's either you take a massive punt on Lacazette and hope that he starts and and plays because he could get a lot of goals for us but it's either you take a punt or you just stay away from the Arsenal team altogether it's just they are playing Bournemouth and Bournemouth have conceded the most amount of shots inside the box this season. We, we could get something there, but yeah, you just can't trust Wenger now, can you? No, not at the moment. I think the only player that's probably nailed on for the uh, for a starting place is pro- other than Czech is probably Ozil. He seems to really like Ozil, yeah. um, who is not, by the way, on form. I'm not suggesting at all. So um, yeah. for me at the moment... Like I said, it's a shame to lose Chamberlain. A lot of people have been bounding around the stats for Chamberlain. You know, the time he's been there over the last five, six years, nine goals, 14 assists. Don't necessarily think that's fair. And if you look at um, Chamberlain's stats this season, he is actually making more passes and crosses. I think that's because he's starting in that wing-back role. But I think it's too little too late and Chelsea will really benefit. And actually, he's going to be a cheap price option to get into the Chelsea midfield. So keep your eye on that one. Hort, any thoughts on the Arsenal team? Yeah, I mean, this game screams goals, doesn't it? I mean, because neither of these defences have really um, shown up yet this season. Uh, obviously, there's transfer deadline interest around Arsenal, and, and it remains to be seen quite, you know, what the fallout is after Thursday night. Lacazette is interesting. I think the fact that he didn't start uh, at the weekend, I think he's, you would hope that Wenger decides to put him in over Welbeck, because Welbeck just you know, fails to impress every time he takes the field. Also, keep an eye on Lacazette because I think he's going to go down in price tonight by the looks of it. So you could start to get a little bit of a bargain there if you if you delay moving on him. But I think the guy actually that that will benefit most out of Ox leaving if if he if that does transpire is Kalasinac. Because again, he was on the bench of the weekend and they got hammered 4-0. So they can't do any worse with him at the back. And hopefully now, with less options, that Wenger might actually play him in his rightful position at, at left wing back. And you might actually see him use his athleticism and, and, and power um, to provide some, some goods into the box for the likes of Lacazette. Yeah, so, so like you say, I think there is potential for goals here. It just depends what you think of the Arsenal situation at the moment. The players are there, it's just yeah. whether they can pull it together. Um, yeah, what about Bournemouth? I mean, they've guys? got. They've, oh, sorry, carry on. Sorry. No, I was going to say they've they've got Chelsea next week um, after Bournemouth, but after Chelsea, they've actually got quite a nice little run of fixtures. So, if you're thinking of investing in Arsenal, you might sort of just take a stay of execution, see how they play against Bournemouth, ride the Chelsea game, and then maybe get involved round about sort of week. Uh, well, we're talking about week six, week five, week six, where they've actually got a nice little run. So, if they if they manage to pull things together, they might be nicer a couple of weeks down the line. Take the Garden of Green is the message there. <laughs> so, Chaps, what about Bournemouth then? Fairly impressive when they started off against uh, City. Great goal from Charlie Daniels. Absolute rocket of a strike. Um, Iceman, any thoughts on Bournemouth? Well, 
King hit the post against City, didn't he? He could yes. be an option soon, but I don't think they've got great fixtures at the moment, have they? They've they got... sort of alternate good and good and bad, I think. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm more or less staying away from them. Uh, you know, you could play. You could probably bench Daniels this week and then play him against Brighton, bench him the next week, and then play him against Leicester. I'd rather just stay away from now. They, they've conceded the most amount of shots so far in the box this season, so. Yeah, I can see some more goals coming against them. Yeah, I'm still not quite... I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to see Josh King hit form again because he was absolutely brilliant for me last season, but it's not quite happening. Hoping the uh, the click with Defoe happens soon. What about you, Hawks? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Josh King's the only guy really I've I've written down, apart from obviously Daniel's cracker at the weekend. I mean, but that's the only goal they've scored, I believe, this season. Although Josh King, he it's interesting because we were worried whether Defoe was going to take King's uh, playing time away, but King's actually played 90 minutes in all three games. And he does look to be the most potent. So if any, if anyone is likely to do anything, and again, with Arsenal's defence the way they played last weekend, if there's a goal going, chances are King may be the, the guy that contributes that. But yeah, I mean, I'm not investing in Bournemouth at all at the moment. I think just taking a watching brief on them for the next few weeks, to be honest. Yeah, I think that sounds sensible. It's, uh, we want to see a little bit more of a, an upturn in their form. And they kind of fell away against City, too, although they were unlucky to lose in the end. So maybe we'll steer clear of this fixture. Just, just um, a quick stat um, regarding this game. Who do you think has had the most touches out of any other defender in the opposition's penalty area? Any uh, Bellerin. Bellerin? Yeah. yeah, Bellerin was 16. He's tougher there. So you've just got rid of him, Billy, but uh, he's actually the highest amount in, in the opposition box. I suppose yeah. that doesn't really say much, does it, when he's not creating anything? He can stand, the, he can stand in the 18-yard box all he wants, <laughs> but if he's not doing anything, I'm not bothered. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, chaps. Well, let's uh, let's move it on. Brighton versus West Brom. The um, you know the, the Seagulls not doing too bad. They're not giving a terrible account of themselves. My big hope for them was uh, Anthony Knockar. He played over the weekend, and actually, I thought he looked very good yeah. for them moving forward. Hawks, what are your thoughts on the um, on the, uh, the South Coast side so far? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this game to be honest screams nil nil, doesn't it? But um, the, I mean, Brighton obviously they got their first point at the weekend, admittedly against a ten man Watford. But you mentioned Knockart; he was the guy that really stood out for me at the weekend. It was his first start of the season. Uh, I think four shots, two on target, and looked dangerous in and around the uh, the, the other team's box. They've also got a very favourable run through to week 13 so there's some nice bargains to be had there I'd say Knocker's the guy that I've got my eye on he's already dropped down to 5.9 so he's a bit cheaper than he was when he first came into the game and you also it's worth probably keeping your eye on the likes of Duffy, Sutner and Dunk all at 4.5 in their back line if you're looking for just a cheaper defender that could come in on a tasty little fixture because their fixture run now is quite nice whereas Huddersfield is going to drop off very shortly out of the the, the promoted teams Brighton are suddenly going to take advantage I think and um, they could squeeze a few results out especially at home I think yeah I mean you talk about potential sort of cut price defenders there Shane Duffy only 4.5 million he's played all three games so far and he's actually leading their ranks in terms of the bonus point system so mm. again as an enabler or as a cheap option it looks like he's going to play with those fixtures coming up I don't think he's a bad shout um, and Sutton's interesting because Sutton's the wing back he's quite an yes. attacking player and Brighton by the looks of it they 
I forget the chap's name, but they bought the guy in last week who's uh, quite a speedy winger. Uh, and I think they're they're looking to invest in someone else up top before the transfer deadline. So if he's actually got some targets in the middle, because at the moment their forward line is is frankly inept. So if, if he's got <laughs> if he's got someone to aim at, Sutner might be quite a nice little um, guy to stash on your bench. Yeah, he does put in a good cross, Sutner. And um, we've also mm. you mentioned Dunk there. Got five attempts on goal so far this season, and with their fixtures getting favour favourably uh, I think yeah, he might be actually a quite a good one to go for he was the pre-season man to go for and then not everyone brought him in but now with West Brom Bournemouth and Newcastle coming up yeah I think that I think that you're right there mate I think that their defence could be one to invest in mm. so what about um, if we look at the opponents West Brom I mean um, Johnny Evans I think you great quote from you at the start <laughs> of the uh, the podcast there Hawks the uh, the hottest property in in, uh, in world football at the moment, it seems City. <laughs> everyone, everyone wants a piece of Johnny Evans, mm. don't they? I mean, it's gone a bit quiet on the City front with him, but it's almost like their agent tapped up Pep and said, "Look, I'll get, I'll throw you a bung, and if you can say that that you're after me, my stock will rise." And suddenly Leicester have been interested. Now we've got Arsenal interested. He is a top defender, no doubt about that. But I mean, looking at their credentials so far, great to see Jay Rodriguez get his goal. And I don't just say that from perspective of owning him, but genuinely be nice for him to have a good season for England with the World Cup coming up as well. So he scored at the weekend, got a booking as well. Phillips, uh, Iceman, you called earlier in the season. I mean, do you, do you still think Phillips is an option or Rodriguez, or are you steering clear of West well, Brom? Uh, Jay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of steering clear of their attack. It's never going to be that good. I mean, it did hurt the fact that they didn't win 1-0 again. They seem to be the 1-0 winners this season at the moment. But yeah, Jay Rod, he scored, but he is playing a little bit deeper now that Rondon is starting. So it would be nice if he was to get back on the score sheet again every week, but I just don't see it happening, not in a West Brom team. They're not that attackive. They're not that good going forward. It's all about the kind of defence. Uh, a lot of people are uh, have been jumping on the Hagazi bandwagon, but it could be a worry as soon as McCauley's back. Uh, it's around this time that I was going to start thinking about removing him, but he's uh, he's gone up to 4.8 now, so still not a bad price to sell at, especially if people are unloading on him. But yeah, go, just quickly going back to Brighton, uh, Knockart is the one who I'm actually thinking about bringing in. He, he hit the post, he looked good, very attackive, always a goal threat, and he scored. I think he scored a lot in the in the championship I did have the stat a few weeks ago but yeah he looks like the one that from this particular game that I want to bring in even with a West Brom defence they look very solid Anyone else for you from this fixture Ian? To, to be honest I think you've, you've pretty much covered it I've just put basically they're never convincing going forward so I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to invest it's a traditional uh, Tony Pulis team all of a sudden they, yeah, they, they've suddenly come back you know they, they get a goal and they shut up shop and, and they, they win games 1-0 so therefore definitely the the defense is where you want to invest their fixtures are pretty good up to about week 10 so they've got a nice little run ahead of them and i'd be if you haven't got a west brom defender you've got a choice foster dawson naom hegazi maybe although his price is now creeping up there they're all contributing and they're all looking good so you can pretty much choose your poison there at that lot yeah i think it's fair to say his price is getting right up there as defenders go now right up there right up there <laughs> there it is okay Everton versus Spurs, and we can move on to that, lads. So we, we sp- spoke about Spurs' favourable fixtures. Sorry, Everton's favourable fixtures, rather, um, after the international break, uh, once they get this one out of the way. 
Tottenham, of course, cursed by Wembley. It does seem now. That's just the, that's just the saying. But are they? I suppose is the question. Iceman, how do you see this fixture going? Does anyone catch your fancy? Well, I, I was had a lot of hope for Everton at the start of the season, but they were beaten quite easily by Chelsea, and I don't think Chelsea gave that much effort towards this game. Um, so with Tottenham, the most shots on goal so far this season, I can see them having a mini riot here. I can see them beating them. I mean, they had 25 shots against Burnley. They're leading away for the amount of attempts this season. Ericsson, Ali, Kane, I, I feel feel like you should... I know he's blanked three times in a row, but 10 shots and two on target for Kane in the last game. Here's the one to keep. Don't get rid of him. He's going to score. I know it's hard not to, but if he doesn't score in this game, he's then got probably the worst defence in the league in terms of stats, Swansea, the next game. So you could probably captain him against Swansea for that game. It's just too much. I, I just don't feel like people should be getting rid of Kane. So I for think me, you might be setting me up for the first time this season to say Harry Kane is due. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's definitely and, and, due. And after to Swansea he's got West Ham so he's bound to score there yeah exactly (laughs) what about you what what do you think of this fixture then well yeah I I I think this could well be the week although we said it last week against Burnley this well could be the week that uh, that Kane finally gets going Everton I'm still avoiding they've got obviously Spurs this week they've got Man United next week but then after that it looks very very tasty so I'll be avoiding them up until week six but from week six, I've got my eye on Siggy. He's already dropped to 8.4. Certainly got my eye on Pickford, although, interestingly, Pickford, I believe, has withdrawn from the England squad um, yeah, with an injury. So, injury you need, yeah. so you need to keep an eye on him. Um, I imagine he'll be fine for uh, you know in a week and a half's time. But also, you know, guys, in their defence, I mean, Everton's defence was strong last year, and I like the addition of Keane. And I think Keane could be a guy that you could just plug and play once they say once they get beyond week five he's a guy you could just plug in there every week and could do you a job but certainly avoiding avoiding them for the next two weeks not going anywhere near it the one the one thing i would look out for and i'm not sure how true it is is the rumors of costa potentially going there on a loan yeah, before the yeah. before the transfer deadline if costa goes there he could be just the guy they need up top to replace lukaku can you imagine sigurdsson pinging some crosses into costa that could be particularly tasty but certainly nothing at the moment spurs of course they look like a powder keg waiting to go off to be honest um harry kane i'm sure he's going to get going and ericsson and ali are fantastic options if you haven't if you if you die if you're deciding to be brave and go without harry kane um you can't really go far wrong with with ericsson and, and ali their defense is quite interesting because they're making investments towards the deadline they brought in sanchez there's talk of bringing uh Aurier, is it yeah, in which um which could potentially derail that early season sort of uh, impetus that Trippier had. And again, Rose is, well, although he has been since about February, is due back in a couple of weeks. So it's, I think it's a question of just wait and see on the Spurs defence, just to see how that plays out, because that horrible word rotation could suddenly be looming. Whereas last year they were solid and you knew every week pretty much who was going to play. It could suddenly get a little bit ropey in terms of um, you know guaranteed starts. That's the only thing. Yeah, I think after this fixture, their fixtures are pretty good. So I was actually looking to bring in Trippier before, but knowing about the Serge Aurier rumour, that I just feel like maybe I should wait until the end of the window. And as the window is ending soon, I think as soon as it's shut, I think that Trippier will be the option to have because he was the man to have pre-season. He was he's one for the assists. He gets forward quite well. He plays well in a wing-back role. And Spurs are really 
good defensively. So if they don't sign Serge Aurier, I think that Trippier might be coming in for me. I've got to say yeah. the, um, the the jan- the transfer window, sorry, summer transfer window ending later isn't just a headache for actual managers, but FPL managers as well because we've got a lot of people could play their wild card by now, but we just don't know what's going to happen until Thursday, do we? So it's a real headache for everybody. It is, and I think you know anyone that comes in on Thursday, you 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 really want to play, see them play a couple of games at least before you invest in them. So that's a, another reason why it's worth avoiding your wild card this early because you you know you could you could take a flyer and grab someone and you and it might come off. But I you know it's a long season, uh, it's a marathon, you know, not a sprint as the old expression goes. And I think it's just worth hanging on for a couple of weeks just to seeing how these guys settle in, seeing how teams start to play. Because like you're saying, you know, Arsenal, they've they've played three at the back. They might be shifting back to four. And, and it's, it, teams are going to be settling down and betting in with their new guys for a couple of weeks. And it's certainly worth waiting. Yeah, I think that's a fair message there. It's, it's about waiting, I think, for this window to shut before you jump on anything. I'm going to move us on, chaps, to the next fixture. So we've got the champions of two years ago versus the champions of last year. Leicester versus Chelsea. Horse, if I can come back to you for this one, who do you like in this fixture and sort of moving forward? I love the look of Chelsea, to be honest, in this fixture. They they obviously had their week one stumble against Burnley, but they were looking, they've been looking very good the last couple of games. Um, you just hope Hazard comes through the international break without doing anything silly, because I think with him back in that midfield, they could be very, very interesting. Alonso is a must-have if you can afford him and want to afford him because he's just dominant as an attacking defender. He's 7.1, is he's cheap for a midfielder, and I think that's the way you have to look at him. You have to look at him as, as an enabling midfielder, to be honest, and, and he's a must-have. And the guy who's really quite surprised me with the speed that he's settled in is Murata. I mean, two goals, two assists in his first three games, and he hasn't played a full 90 minutes in any of those three games yet. So, uh, again, he looks a bit, someone we mentioned earlier on, looks a little bit light on his feet, but at the moment, you know, he's um, he's doing it with his head at the moment and, and, and coming through. Their fixtures aren't brilliant, but they've beaten Spurs and Everton, uh, scoring twice in both games. So, they're almost looking like a team where fixtures don't really matter. I think you, you, you definitely want to get investing in Chelsea. Alonso's the guy to go for because I think he covers you in defence and midfield, but certainly keep an eye on Morata. And of course, Hazard, if he comes through the international break, he's then due to make a return and we all know what he's capable of. Do you want me to go on to Leicester? I'm going to Leicester if you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with all that, Hort. So you nailed it yeah, right I, on the head there, especially with Morata. I, I, uh, I will just add to that what you say about Alonso there, Hortz. I mean, if you... If you look at his stats, his his passing average, crossing average is all roughly the same as it was last season within a few percent. So what I suppose I'm saying there is that his form has transferred into this season. So even at seven million, I agree with you. I think you've got to see him as you're paying for a cheap midfielder rather than an expensive defender. I think that's the way you have to look at it. And even with the Ox coming in, I think he's more right hand sided player. So probably Moses or a couple of the midfield guys like William uh, are going to be affected a little bit more than Alonso. I mean, there was talk of people coming in to replace him. But by the looks of it, that's not going to happen. And I think he's he's going to be a fixture in my team. Yeah, you put him in there, you leave him, and you you know you, you reap the rewards. Hopefully, yes. Um, as far as Leicester are concerned, I, I think they could be sneaky good this year their prices obviously went up last year and they suddenly didn't become as valuable the prices all dropped again this year and now they suddenly look a little bit promising certainly after playing getting rid of Chelsea getting them out of the way their fixtures open up quite a bit 
Vardy looked very sharp in the opener, especially against Arsenal. And, he, and he's always hanging around the box and he's been close in the last couple of weeks as well. We're still to see Iheanacho play, but he's certainly worth keeping an eye on. He's already in price. He's down to 6.9. So suddenly starts to come into that bargain forward position. I think he's now injury free. So as they hit their good fixture run, he might start to get some playing time. And as much as I'm not overly keen on him as a player, Mares has really stepped up to the plate this year. He's obviously after a transfer. He may not be there come Thursday night. But if he is, the form he's showing over the first three weeks is very reminiscent of a couple of years ago. And he might be worth a look if he doesn't move on in the window. And at the back, defensively, Maguire, he's big and powerful. He's at 5.1. And I think he's he's really going to solidify the middle of that defence where they, they slip a little bit last year and of course Fuchs is always uh, good value he's only five million and he's always always handy on the edge of the box for a cross or an assist and possibly get on the end of a of a goal at some point so I, th- I think there's there's a lot of a lot of value in Leicester I agree I think in terms of Maguire I mean Jim's uh, the Iceman's always been a big fan of, uh, of him I know but good starts this season kind of front to back one clean sheet one goal one assist uh, makes quite a few accurate long ball passes, so eight for the season, which if you think about the way Leicester play, with the pace of Vardy or, or someone like Iheanacho when he plays, or even Okazaki, you can see potentially quite a lot coming from him over the course of the season. So I st- at five million, I still quite like uh, Harry Maguire. Iceman, any thoughts on this fixture? Yeah, he's uh, 5.1 now, Harry Maguire. I still think he, he would... I really want him in my team just for the fact that I just love the way he plays. I think he's a great defender. He's the type of defender that I wish I could be. The way he gets forward and he just dribbles around people. Great distribution. He's only had one attempt on goal, which he scored from this season. He has created one chance, but uh, yeah, it will be from headed goals that you could probably see from him. Um, with the Leicester defence, I do think they're probably going to get stronger. They didn't fare well against United, but I don't think anyone are at the moment. Uh, I can see them improving in their play and actually getting a stronger defence. They were always very resolute when they won the league. So I can see it happening at some point where they're going to be the team to have. And like like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it will, it will be whether to have Maguire or Fuchs in this team because they're hovering around that 5 mil mark. And uh, for me, yeah, I would love Maguire in my team. Like it. Okay. So let's move on to Southampton versus Watford then. So Saints have been the go-to club for clean sheets as per usual this season. We've talked Stevens, we've talked uh, Cedric. Um, Iceman, what do you think about this fixture? Well, Saints, they're just, they haven't got the greatest attack in the world, have they, Saints? And they just seem to be one to go for for the defence. Um, I mean, you look at at 0 0, Pellegrino took off Gabbiadini and Tadic and put on uh, J. Will Prowse and Martina. And yeah, that's more defensive, whereas he, you would have thought he would have wanted to go for it against Huddersfield. But no, they just seem to be one to maybe keep keep your defenders. Gavardini's on my chopping block, and I think that he may go n- next week if he doesn't perform this week. Uh, you, you've got to think, feel like with um, the likes of Stevens, Van Dijk is still there. They've bought a new defender as well, so he is a bit risky for me to keep. So I, I'm kind of thinking about moving him out just because of the lack of playing time that he might have. But Bertrand, I think he's going to be in my team for for the season at the moment. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you basically covered it. Defensively, they're looking very good, Um, although there now are questions in the middle. Um, If Van Dijk doesn't move in the next couple of days, he's going to be hanging around. Wesley Hope they've brought in, you would imagine, to play. So that is then going to threaten Yoshida and Stevens. So I think Cedric, if if you're a bit short on funds, or Bertrand, I've got Bertrand, and like like you, I don't see him shifting for quite a while. Their, Their fixtures are very positive for a while, but going forwards... You know, there, there's not a lot there. I mean, Gabby started okay, but you've got Austin waiting in the wings. Tadic has again flattered to deceive. Um, just misses easy chances, doesn't he? Yeah, the, yeah. They, uh, there are so many better options. You know, like we were saying about people like Knockart, for example, at, at Brighton. So many better options that are potentially going to come through that are cheaper than those guys. Uh, that I just don't see that their investment is worthwhile. So it's defence all the way, to be honest, with with Southampton. And, and likewise, Brighton, sorry, not Brighton, uh, Watford rather, failing to, failing to score last week. 0-0 at home against Brighton. There was a lot of um, a lot of hype around Richarlison the week before and he performed well in his first couple of games. Um, Iceman, do you see any value in Watford? Yeah, I do see a lot of value in Watford still. We have mm. mentioned it a couple of times. Richarlison got three attempts on goal in the last game. Um, it's just that they had a player sent off. Britos was an absolute idiot of a challenge. Um, and they went from the 26th minute to the end with only 10 men so they managed to hold out that 0-0 draw so they, there's a lot of there's a lot of players there which I am thinking about I think Shalabar might be one of the best options at that 4.5 mark with um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek out and Carroll not really scoring many FPL points I think Shalabar has got potential he got two attempts in the last game and like as you may have seen the week before against Bournemouth he, he could have scored a couple as well if it wasn't for Harry Arter being a dirty little fiend but um, I, I have looked at Andre Gray as well I know he probably didn't get much of a game in the last game because that's sending off, but I think there's a lot of potential for him to score big. And if he's getting the starts, which he has in the last two games, I th- I feel like he might be a great FPL option coming up. But it's, it's one of those which is going to be a risky one. He's 6.5, so uh, you know, not... If, I mean, I suppose you can downgrade Gavidini if he got a couple of goals in this game and he looked really hopeful, but... Again, he he could be a risk, but if he starts, I think Andre Gray could be a potential going forward. Yeah, a potential differential striker if any of you mm. are coming off perhaps higher priced players. So, um, okay, Stoke versus yeah. United. That oh, someone going to say something then? No, no, no. I was going to say um, you you mentioned obviously Richarlison and, and Chalabar yes. with nine and seven shots between them over the last couple of weeks. One guy who does appear to be a bonus magnet is Kiko at the back. He's another 4.5 million defender. Their fixtures are up and down, but it's, if you're planning on opera, uh, on using a rotation for your final defensive spot, um, he's the sort of guy that you'd want to be slotting in there, to be honest. Yeah, I, I had a look at him actually earlier on in the season. He's a cheap option, a new signing for them from Spain. So I agree, I think that might be one to look at if you're wildcarding or just I suppose you're trying to rotate in a cheaper price defender at the moment. Mm. And so he's got. I think he's got two bonus points in two out of the three games. So he's one. Of, he's one of those defenders that maybe just goes about his job quietly, but slowly racks up the the um, the, the, the bonus points. And you know, every every point is vital. And if uh, from a four point five defender, if you can be racking up bonus points every week, you're not going to complain, are you? No, exactly. That's it's always those that, that help those little extras they get every now and again. 
So, chap, Stoke versus United is the evening kickoff on that Saturday, five thirty. Now, United, you could argue, are slowed down slightly, but another clean sheet, another two goals for them. Other players chipping in with goals. Um, playing against a Stoke side that, if they play at three at the back, can now boast Kevin Vimmer, um, Kurt Zuma, and Shawcross, and that's a pretty tough back three if you think about it. So. Iceman, first of all, I come to you on this one. What what players do you like in this fixture? Well, I think in the fixture itself, I don't think that you should be getting any Stoke players at all, really. Uh, but it would be all about United again. It's Lukaku, Mkhitaryan and Pogba. And I'm actually kind of switching my allegiance from Mkhitaryan to Pogba at the moment. He seems to get the most amount of shots for United. He's got 12 so far this season, which is the most out of any midfielder. You're always going to get slow amount of drib-drab points from Mkhitaryan because he seems to be highest on the bonus points and uh, assist potential. But I reckon this is Pogba's season to really come to flourish. And he is, he's shooting from range. Most shots equal with Salah for the midfields. I, I feel like I want to bring him in, but I, I just can't find a way to kind of fit him into my team now that I've got Ericsson and Mane I, I feel like maybe upgrading Ramsey if I can find a little bit of cash from somewhere I would love to bring the likes of Pogba in yeah I think um, Pogba does look favourable this season I think we spoke last week about this just the idea that with Matic in the team it's just given him license to to run forward and, and kind of contribute to the more attacking play and I think that's what Pogba's all about I, I would see him as a number 10 eventually but at the moment um, Jose sees him a little bit deeper lying than that what, what do you think about United? Yeah, I mean they're looking obviously by far and away the strongest, uh, the strongest team. Ten goals scored, none conceded. You can't argue with that after three games. And and it, it I'm rolling with three. I've got De Gea in goal. I've now picked up Mkhitaryan and I've got Lukaku up top. But like you were saying with Pogba, it, it's interesting. You could possibly go Mkhitaryan and Pogba and take the gamble of going without Lukaku and save a couple of mil and, and use that elsewhere. It's an option. Uh, the trouble is obviously Lukaku's massive ownership uh, if he does score and, and scores a couple then you're going to lose ground but it's it's one of those things that is going to start to come into uh, people's deliberations I think they look they look incredible I think they're going to steamroll a Stoke although saying Stoke are look, looking very strong at the back I don't think they I don't think anyone is going to be able to stand up to Man United necessarily this season but they're certainly worth looking at probably after about week nine I think their fixes start to open up so someone like Hesse and, and, and the defence is worth looking at after that point but at the moment I'm not going anywhere near the only thing I would say about Manchester United they've got they've had a cracking start and they've still got another two or three really quite nice fixtures in this early run but they've got a logjam from week eight they face Liverpool Spurs and Chelsea over the space of four weeks and that will be the true test of Manchester United. So I wouldn't necessarily over-invest or get too clever with Man United until we've seen how they perform against those top teams over that four-week period. If they can, if they can perform against them, then have three Man United players for the rest of the season and, and you won't look back. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we know the Jose's team are truly ready to, uh, to contest for the title. Um, that takes us on to Sunday, chap. So the one thirty kickoff is Burnley versus Crystal Palace. Burnley with that late winner at Wembley against Spurs. Everyone's to everybody's surprise with the new man, Chris Wood, coming up with the goal. Crystal Palace-wise, again, we, we may see a little bit of transfer activity, but haven't been too impressive so far this season. Iceman, any thoughts? 
Yeah, well, a lot of people had PVA, and I don't think he's an option anymore until they get comfortable with that formation and he starts improving that five point. Has he gone down in price yet, Hawks? You had him, didn't you? Sadly, yes, he has, and yeah. I missed it. So, oh dear. <laughs> but uh, but yes. he he will be gone before uh, before week four kicks off. I think that he could be an option at some point during the season. I just think Crystal Palace need to get going. They seem to adopted this new formation. They're not used to it, and I feel like as soon as they are, then he. He's going to be a, a massive option. Still on corners, but they just look. The defence is just looking awful. Five out of the six conceded at their home ground. So uh, yeah, not looking good. Burnley, yeah, they seem to keep trudging away, don't they? Wood, I have really thought about bringing him in as a, like a uh, a third cheap option. It's just their fixtures at the moment, not particularly special he did get three shots in 33 minutes though and it is Brady who seems to be creating all the chances so far this season with 10 he, he seems to be out and about up front shooting creating chances he, he seems to be the one who could be the cheap go-to for Burnley so maybe him or Wood uh, I am considering Wood soon and for this game I reckon he's going to start and I reckon he's going to bang in a couple yeah I think uh, yeah. what you're talking about Wood there, Iceman. Yeah, Wood, yeah. Yeah, I think he looked good for Leeds. He's a big physical guy. He's already scored a goal there. I think definitely be keeping my eye on him as a cheaper price top. He's in the same bracket as Gray, who, of course, he replaced. So definitely one to be looking at in your wild card. Okay. Yes, yeah, um, I've, I've got to say, I, I'm not too excited by this fixture. It's not one that I'm... The only thing that I may do in this fixture myself um, is is I've got me in my defence still, so I may well play him as I don't fancy Palace's attack. <laughs> <laughs> the the interesting thing to to look at in, uh, at Burnley, I mean, as you said, Brady looks good. Cork actually is an interesting option at four point five in the midfield. He's he's played all ninety minutes for for the first three games, so he, he's an interesting option and definitely would. I'm certainly having a look at him for my wildcard team. Their fixtures are very strange. They've got some cracking home fixtures over the next eight weeks. Their away fixtures are horrible. They're home to Palace, away at Liverpool, home to Huddersfield, away at Everton, home to West Ham, away at City, and then home to Newcastle. So those four home fixtures are actually all quite tasty. So if you can work a Burnley player into a rotation... You know, if you if you, for example, can use Wood as a forward every other week, and maybe have a midfielder that can step up to the plate when they're away from home, very very useful tactic to use. That's actually what I've considered because looking at it, it's all their home fixtures, and I feel like there are goals uh, with Wood. And mm. if I had a um, a decent fifth midfielder or fourth midfielder, I mean, I, I've got four decent defenders, so I can rotate in and out of my defenders with a striker as well. So that is something I am considering. Yeah, it's definitely worth looking at. I mean, and as for Palace, they just look horrific. I mean, that's that's coming from a West Ham fan. <laughs> I mean, they 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 ha- they haven't scored a goal, and to be honest, they don't look likely to. And I, I just avoid them until things settle down. I mean, there's rumours swir- rumours swirling about De Boer as well. So it's just a bad bad situation at Palace at the moment. Okay, lads. Well, let's move on to Swansea versus Newcastle. Newcastle picking up their first points of the season, um, and then we've got the uh, the Swans at home. Minus Siggy now. So, again, that's that's going to really question their credentials in the league this season. Uh, Iceman, what do you think about this fixture? Well, Atsu got his first FPL points this season 
with an assist. So I feel like he could be uh, the good option at 5 mil. Uh, and Yoslu becoming more of an option, scoring his goal. Uh, he got four attempts on on target. He did uh, actually did the old FIFA goal trick to him and he just had a tap in. Looking at Swansea, Abraham got his first shot on target this season, pretty clinical, scored with it, had five penalty area touches. Uh, he's got the most shots for Swansea, but... Uh, scored, actually... scored the week as well, Abraham, didn't he? In the League Cup. Oh, did he really? Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. Um, they've also got uh, the least amount of attempts on goal out of any team, though, Swansea. So, uh, and they also have the most shots conceded from outside the box, second and second to Bournemouth for inside the box. So, uh, I can see some probably some goals coming here from the likes of Atsu and Yosli. Okay, what about what about you, Horse? What do you think of this? Yeah, I mean, Swansea have been a very pleasant surprise, to be honest, with Siggy gone. They seem to have got a really good team spirit about them. And after playing Spurs in week five, they've got a really good run coming up. So it's, I think it's worth having a look and investing in their defence. They've had two clean sheets in the first two games. They, they've been conceding shots, but they haven't been conceding goals. And I know that, that you know, the, the dam could break and, <laughs> and it could go horribly wrong, but... I think Norton, Fernandez, and Mawson are very solid at the back. Fabianski even is only 4.5 as a keeper. Norton's the interesting one to me because um, I believe he's been playing wing-back the last couple of weeks. So he's one of those guys that he, he got an assist, I believe, at the weekend. And he's got potential, sort of breakout potential there. Um, yeah, the only problem with Norton, I did look at him as well, but uh, they're looking at a right-back from Pierce. Um, Santiago right. Aries, I think it's Colombian international, or Arias, sorry. So that is it's a worry. So it's kind of see yep. how the transfer window gets gets on. But yeah, four point five, yeah, not a terrible option. But it's just those stats which I, I look at and I feel like yeah, the floodgates are going to open on them at some point. They it, did, it it did well against do, United. Yeah. They lost four nil. I know they've got two cleanies so far, but. You know, potentially they they could have gone a goal or two down in either game, which they've got those cleanies. So, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit of a worry. The, the other one that's been linked with Swansea, that I suppose there's two points to make here in the transfer window. Chadley has been linked quite heavily oh, with Swansea, me. which I'll be keeping my eye on because I think he could be a replacement for Siggy. The outrageous one in the transfer market today is Renato Sanchez from Bayern Munich to go to Swansea I don't think that is going to happen at all but you know if he went there that would be really interesting but a player actually at the club who's done well over the last few weeks who was actually in my original blueprint is Ayu so he's still only five million and again like Abraham quietly he's done a job in the last few weeks playing just off to the left of the striker um, come up with a couple of goals recently one in the league cup and one in the premiership as well so again just purely as an enabler if you're a two Big man up front, attacking person with an enabler. He, I'm just going to keep an eye on him in the next few weeks, let's just say. Yeah, he's certainly worth a look at. I mean, the only thing is with their forwards, Lorente is due back, isn't he? And also, have they signed Bonnie? I know they, they were looking to bring him back from Man City, weren't they? So um, I'm not sure whether he's back in the, the fold yet or not. But again, they're, they're suddenly going to have options that are going to affect IU's playing time, I think. There's all these rumours, though, that Lorente might go to Chelsea. So it's like waiting until the transfer window shuts before you make yep. any decisions. So I think, many rumours. I think if you're not on your wild card, just wait until the transfer window shuts and then wait for more news on whether injuries and things more to towards nearer the actual game week starting. I've yep. got to say, it's it's been an absolute nightmare because I'm sat here tonight talking through things and I'm wanting, because I haven't made my transfers yet this week, I'm kind of 
the transfer window is putting me off. I'm being put off by the international break. It's like I can't pull the trigger on this until I, I'm, I'm conclusive about how the land's going to align. So it's an absolute nightmare at the moment. So um, with that headache, speaking of headaches for you, Ian, we've got West Ham versus Huddersfield. Oh, yeah. As our last game of the weekend, um, a few seasons back, the idea of having Joe Hart in goal for this one, maybe Winston Reid as a defender, Chikorita up front would be really appealing. But Huddersfield have been nothing short of sensational since they've come into the league. They're really well set up, Wagner's side. Um, I'm, I'm going to let you speak about this one first. <laughs> you see any, do you have any love for your, your home side in this one? I, I do. Not a lot, but I do. I mean, to be honest, this is this is going to be the true test of uh, Billich's management. If it, if they play the way they played against Newcastle, I think he could well be out of there uh, after the Huddersfield game because they were just abject against Newcastle. Basically, I would just avoid West Ham defensively. They're just a complete liability at the moment, and they, they don't appear that they're playing for the manager. Now, whether that turns around, we will see in the next couple of weeks. Two guys worth a look at, Antonio, Although at 7.5, he's he's the most expensive, I think, of our midfielders. Five shots, three on target in the last couple of weeks. He's now fit. He's now well. And we know how dominant he was last year before he, he picked up a couple of injuries. So I think he's certainly worth a look at. But, of course, uh, Chikorito up top at 7.1. He's always likely to poach something, whether it's coming off a defender, bouncing off the bar or something like that. He always seems to be there or thereabouts. And he's certainly of current West Ham team seems the most likely to be scored. Well, I mean, he's the only guy that has scored this season, so he's, he's certainly the most likely to do so. But uh, playing a team that have three clean sheets out of three, <laughs> I don't fancy our chances. It's our first home game, so something might happen. But yeah, don't, don't invest in West Ham. If you haven't got those guys at the moment, I wouldn't necessarily invest. I'd wait to see how things play out management-wise. But certainly with, I mean, with Huddersfield, what can you say? What an amazing start. Although I think their run could come to an end shortly. So I think you, you milk them for what you can if you've got Huddersfield players in your side. I mean, Mooney, for example, uh, with eight shots, four on target in, in over three games. Ince, indeed, with eight shots and four, uh, four on target over the last three games. Those two guys, I think, could both score quite easily this weekend. I know Moyes got a lot of the the coverage. I, I'm not convinced because he plays quite deep. I mean, it was a storming goal he got a couple of weeks ago, but he's only had three shots and only two on target over the three games. So I think people are maybe buying into that goal a little bit more than they should. Instant and uh, Mounier certainly look at the more likely guys. And again, if you've got their defenders, Zanka, Schindler, Lowe or Lossel, all down at 4.5, worth hanging on to but I think alarm bells should start ringing after about week six their fixtures that have been very nice and continue to be very nice for the next three weeks are going to turn appreciably nasty and um, this this you know lovely start to the season might suddenly start to get a little bit rocky so I'm, I haven't bought into them completely but while you've got them just just roll with them at the moment I've got to say Hobbs, you you literally say everything that I'm going to say so <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant podcastry <laughs> there you go there you go uh, the Iceman's comment all of the above yeah. basically yeah all of the above yeah I do think Lossell might be uh, a good bet as a cheap goalkeeper you know yeah, like you say three games three clean sheets he's faced 22 shots inside the box and 12 outside so he's managed to make 11 saves so far I could see him being uh, a pretty good option for maybe the rest of the season maybe he's the new Heaton who knows Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's worth worth the punt. 
Worth I, the punt. I mean, at the end of the day, three clean sheets, you can't argue with that, can you? I've got to say, everyone's jumping onto the Zanka bandwagon. He seems to be quite a good option. He gets quite a few good crosses into the box and also gets a few penalty area touches as well. So he's gone up to 4.6 now, though. Uh, might be out of some price range for some people but yeah he, he's a quite good option mm. a few ideas for changing things around then lads so that has brought us to the end of the fpl fixtures for the upcoming game week but uh before we go any further i think it's about time the Iceman took a little break yes thanks very much and i'm gonna nip and grab some food quickly <laughs> Welcome back to the Iceman and reminding all of you listeners, we are the only fantasy football podcast out there that records in real time a man pissing. So uh, tune in for more of that next week. Uh, But chaps, let's sum up our hour's worth of discussion. So City versus Liverpool. We've got Salah, Mane and Firmino are the ones to go to. With City, the issue we have, great team. Nobody's really locked in at the moment and the only man locked in, KDB, doesn't seem to be doing it going forward. Arsenal take on Bournemouth. Punts all round on the Arsenal side. Is there going to be a return to form? Or are they going to continue on that downward spiral? We're thinking Kolasinac is going to get uh, some game time with the leaving of the Ox. And with uh, Joshua King signing his new four-year deal for Bournemouth, he's still the one we're most interested for them. Brighton versus West Brom. Really, it's about the, the defence there. So Sutner, Duffy and Dunk. And we also like the look of Knockout, made his first appearance of the season and actually looking quite dangerous going forward. For West Brom, well, it's still about the defence. Hegazzi, Dawson, all look like good options. Foster still provides a good rotation uh, option in goal. Everton versus Spurs. We still like our men Kane, Ali and Eriksson. The defence this season hasn't been quite so assured and we're not quite sure what's happening in terms of transfers. The uh, the window nightmare is affecting this one. So we're saying stick to your big guns in this one. Kane is very much due. We like the look of after this fixture for Everton for their fixtures. Keane is an ongoing option to rotate in and out. Leicester versus Chelsea. Alonso just keeps doing it for Chelsea. The stats supporting him again. Morata looks like a great target man for Chelsea. Now he's playing regularly. Uh, Maguire has the good stats for Leicester. So it could be a good 5 million option for them. Southampton versus Watford. Cedric and Bertrand nailed on options for the Saints. Obviously, there's been some movement at centre-half for them, so we're not quite sure on Stevens and Yoshida. For Watford, Richarlison still is seemingly in form, so it could be a, a cut-price option. Gray, we're expecting to come good. And also, Kiko Firmino, at right-back, their new signing is coming up with the bonus points. Stoke versus United. We've actually moved away from the Lukaku bias and more towards Mkhitaryan and Pogba, the argument being you could have those two to offset Lukaku together. Nobody from Stoke at this point in time. Burnley versus Crystal Palace. Wood looks like a good option for Burnley. Sooner rather than later, we think at the prices cost them. He'll be starting. Cork in midfield, but also Brady with a lot of uh, a lot of work in terms of their build-up play. Swansea versus Newcastle. Hosselu and Atsu looking like good cheap options for Newcastle and will probably play regularly given they spent the money on them in the summer. And then Abraham and Ayu are cheaper options for Swansea. We're thinking Abraham will be the more nailed on option to play at the moment. Keep your eye on the Lorente injury, however. 
And finally, West Ham versus Huddersfield. We've got Horts on this week, huge West Ham fan, and he said no one from West Ham. He's uh, more pro Huddersfield defenders at this point. Wagner side, a great start to the season. So stick with your 4.5ers to enable you until at least game week six. Chikorito to score two goals. Nice time up, Paul. Right, bit of conflicting information from the Iceman there. I'll tell you what, I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) Social media Iceman, Twitter, any questions? We had a few Twitter questions. We've got Steve Cookson saying, KDB replacements, please. KDB to Hazard and remove William as a possible tactic. Who to bring in, though? Thanks, up the pod. So, Hawks, do you want to fire away with this one? If you're going KDB to Hazard, then William, you're you're essentially downgrading um, someone like Knockart. It could yeah. be a, an interesting little punt down there. Uh, Richarlison, he's going to be around there. Hesse from about week nine. Those sort of guys to look at if you're downgrading from William. Worth a look uh, in that price bracket. I wouldn't necessarily go KDB to Hazard though. It's a bit of a risk, isn't it? It's, you know, yeah, too hope, early. Hoping too that early. he's going to go straight back in, all guns blazing. So uh, I don't think he'll actually start. I think you know they've, they've still got Pedro and William is playing really well at the moment. He's not really the FPL option of the season, but he is still playing really well for Chelsea. And I think Pedro will probably still start, even though Hazard is fit, and he'll kind of uh, wean him in slowly. I reckon. Well, Hazard's got to come back from Belgium fit first because the last time he went there, he, he yeah, did his leg in, didn't yeah, he? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Bully, any thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, I think it, I, I'm not sure who else you've got on your side. So I agree, Hazard too soon. So if you don't have one of Pogba or Mkhitaryan, I'd go to them instead of KDB. Or if you haven't got Salah, I would probably go to him at the moment. Mane's 0.6 more now, so I'd probably lean more towards Salah. Um, Chaps, we haven't talked about him on the pod, but whilst we're talking about cheaper midfielders, once again, Chris Brunt is doing it at West Brom. He's on 14 points this season, so he's actually probably around the 10th highest scoring uh, midfielder. I have to say I agree, though. I think Richarlison's still the one going forward that you can you can probably say safest to six million to play regularly. Actually, I really kind of like uh, Knockart as a downgrade there. So I, I feel like he might be the best option. He's got seven penalty area touches in the last game alone. So it just, you know, he shows he's getting right up there. Uh, we've right. got... We've got another one from Tommy, Tommy underscore Gonzo, saying, how many more weeks do I persist with Kane? Surely a points return coming soon. Well, I think we all know 35. my on that. Incoming! 30, <laughs> 35 more weeks you persist with Kane. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, he, he could be a season keeper, but it's, he's getting the stats, but he's not getting any FPL points. But it's, surely it is coming, like Pete says, with the older it, Worms Armageddon. It, it's not, with, with Harry Kane, it's not like it's somebody new coming in and you're thinking, oh, he's not going to crack it, he's not going to make it. With, with we, we now have a track record behind Harry Kane. We know what he is, we know what he does, and he is going to score, and he's going to score big, and I don't think anyone needs to worry about it. Yeah, I I think I agree, but there just uh, might be kind of similar options at uh, a lesser price. I mean, Morata could be scoring big. You've got Lacazette could have a lot of potential, and then yeah, even the likes of Firmino, who seems to be scoring most weeks now. So I can see why people are getting rid. But if you've got him. I would keep him. They've got some really good fixtures coming up after this Everton game, so they're highest for shots on goal. You know, the, like last season, I can see Spurs running right on a few teams, including Everton. 
the only trouble is if you get rid of him if you've got him and you get rid of him and he does start to go off you're going to want to get him back in and when and when he's the most expensive player in the game you've then got to make major moves it's going to cost you a a minus four or a minus eight to get him back in so if you've got him just stick with him for a few more weeks and just ride it out and uh, i'm sure you'll you'll be thankful you did yeah 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 (laughs) billy you in agreement on that one so total agreement absolutely (laughs) absolutely uh, okay, moving on to the next question is from FPL Singham. What could be a budget defence post-international break? Save producing keeper and uh, four left-back and right-backs uh, with possible clean sheets with the fifth as Mbemba. Seems to be Mbemba uh, is the four million defender to have because he seems to be playing at the moment due to Newcastle's injuries in defence. So he he's the one to have as the uh, as the fifth if you've got that wild card. But um, if you're looking for um, four right backs and left backs with possible clean sheets, it depends how much you're willing to to spend. Um, I mean, we did just shout a load from uh, Brighton. Who else did we shout in, yeah. in terms of four point five? I suppose Norton, depending. Yeah, Norton, Sutner, yeah, those sort of guys. If you're looking at four point fives, they're they're the sort of guys I would focus on at the moment. Yeah, that's because they've 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 got transfers. great fixtures and they're they're both playing wing back and they've both got great fixtures. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah both worth a look at. Yeah. And in terms of the high scoring keeper in FBL at the moment is Lossell at Huddersfield. So if you want a cheap keeper that's making saves and keeping cleanies, not a bad shout. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think one which people were looking at, I think it's probably stay away for now, is the Crystal Palace um Fossu Mincer, he was at four point five, but yeah, another one there. Yeah. <laughs> one to stay away but from I, It's interesting with him because I thought he was going to come in at, uh, and play right wing back because yeah. when I saw him a couple of years ago when he was playing for Man United against West Ham, he looked he looked incredible. I think it was one of the cup games where they 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 knocked us out. But he's playing. I mean, at the moment, it depends if they 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 might make some shifts to to firm up their defence. But he was playing. <laughs> On the right side of the the back three, wasn't he? He wasn't yeah, playing wing yeah, back, he so he misses a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. another one that I think that people should keep an eye on is uh, Vimmer. Just gone to Stoke, four point four. He could be potential. It depends if he starts. So like, there's no guarantee in that. I'd, he's uh, one to watch and wait for Stoke's fixtures to improve a little bit. Okay, I think we covered that one. So we've got another one here from FPL Mediocracy at FPL underscore Mediocracy saying, so is it time to disembark from the cane train? So what do we make of that one then, boys? Okay, I mean, cut, as, as, as a general rule of thumb, what, 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 and, it, and, it, and it pertains to the, cane, to the cane question, I think what a lot of people make the mistake with this game is they chase the points. And in fantasy, you should never be chasing points. Never, never look behind you. Always look ahead of you. Yeah. Plan plan ahead don't chase what's already gone because that's gone what you need to do is look what's coming up and you look at harry kane's fixtures you look at harry kane's stats and you look at harry kane's pedigree and no stay on the train yeah okay so we've got another one here from eddie Hughes. seems to be asking the same question every week but it's on everyone's lips what is wenger playing at now (laughs) bully come on Uh, every tell me what was wenger playing at yeah (laughs) I, I don't know, do I? <laughs> well, we've, we've got a crumbling back four, so we're going to sell a, uh, a developing German international defender. We're trying to play 3-4-3, and we've got rid of a versatile wing-back, and our best player is about to go to City. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe the, the sil- maybe the silver lining here is that... Well, okay, I think the bottom line is it's poor planning in advance, but the silver lining maybe is we get this transfer window out of the way, those players move on, we can settle on the players that actually want to play for us, and we can get on with it. I don't know what Arsene Wenger's thinking. (laughs) 
No, nor do I. Right, just we've got a question here. It looks like from our top of the table, currently in our fancy football surgery league, Lebowski at Dean underscore Draper. He's saying, I'm flying 200 plus, so do I swap Kane for Lukaku or sit on the money until he sorts himself out? Well, again... I think we're we're all saying yep. sit on this one, um, yep. Dean. But you're top of the table, so maybe we should give you bad advice. Yeah, get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> right. So we've got one last question from Darren Anthony Hoy, who's uh, who's been in the league a few times, top ten last year. Have you ever had crumbs at the bottom of a box of pizza shapes? Have we had, a, have we had problems <laughs> at the bottom of pizza shapes? I, I don't think I've ever had pizza shapes. I don't what know, pizza know shapes? what pizza shapes are. I'm going to have to Google it. What's all that about? I'm literally Googling it as we... <laughs> I'm intrigued by this question. Pizza shapes. Yeah, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever had a pizza shape. Who's uh, asked this question? Uh, Darren Anthony Hoy. So pizza shapes um, looks like a, a box by Arnott's. Um, a little, like a box of biscuits type things, baked well, not fried. Is it is it one of those little regional jobbies that if you you've got to live somewhere in the country to know what pizza shapes are? <laughs> it must be, mustn't it? I have no idea. But it's, it's like it's like you know you you don't seem to get Tunnock's tea cakes in London, but if you go up to Scotland, you know you have oh, a Tunnock's tea you have a Tunnock's tea cake as part of your dinner, don't you? Yeah, I, so I, I totally yeah. No, oh, I see. No oh, I see where it's going. Yeah, oven, oven so baked, not fried. <laughs> Um, Darren, I, I can honestly say we have we have no idea if we've ever had crumbs at the bottom of a box of pizza. Uh, and, and we can't now, actually, because um, according to, according to Arnott Shapes, uh, this product was actually discontinued in the UK. So we can't. I'm sorry, Darren, we can't actually get hold of a pack to tell you. But they've uh, been going strong since 1964. So clearly. They are getting some free advertisement for like our Australian and uh, USA listeners. Though, so. <laughs> nice one, Darren. <laughs> well, I've got to say, Darren, I, I have had the, the salty crumbs out of the bottom of a bag of pretzels, and that always is a nice uh, salty ending to a very pleasurable experience. So unlike the podcast, which is often a bitter experience. Yeah, you, always have, you always have to tip the bag at the end, don't you, and get every single Absolute thing out of the package. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting my money's worth, so... Good, so so that's it for Twitter. Thanks very much, guys, for your questions. Keep them coming. We, we appreciate it every single week. Yes, absolutely. And if you want to uh, ask us about our, experience, our culinary experiences, please do continue to beat us. Chaps, um, final question, which I forget every week, but I'm, I'm starting to get better. Captain's choices, Horts. Quick one Ooh. here. Who, who's, who's the armband going on in two Ooh. weeks? Injured Ooh. Left. Tough one. Ooh. 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 It's a tricky one. Um, I would, yeah... I I may actually roll with Kane in the hope that this is the week. To be honest, see, I'm I'm on Kane at the moment, but a lot of people will be going Lukaku, and I tend to want to follow the trend for the mm. first few weeks or so. Well, for the first, it's few a toss up, isn't it? Because they're it and they're both away yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, I might wait and see who actually wins the um, the captain's poll. Well, I tell you what, a tempting one, a real punt would be Gabbiadini at home to Watford, but the yeah, that would just be too much of a punt for me. But, so it's on no, Kane no. or Lukaku. Based on your 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 uh, discussion about Saints having no firepower, I don't think you can you can call that. No, I can't. No, no. Um, I, I think yeah. For me, it's going to based on my team at the moment. I've got Kane. 
I think if you've got Lukaku, that's a no-brainer. But the other one, if any of you have started to go towards Morata away at Leicester, I don't think that's a bad shout, actually. So Morata could be a good option. I mean, there's tricky fixtures for all captain potential teams, really, except for Arsenal, who are at home to Bournemouth. But it's whether you've got an Arsenal player, and I've got Ramsey, but I'm definitely not sticking the captain on him. But if you've got the likes of Lacazette, if you've still got him in your team, maybe Lacazette. It's a heck of a roll of the dice, though, isn't it? I think, this, this, like you said, this, this is the week where you, you stick with the pack, I think. And if, if you've got Lukaku, you go with him. Or if you've got Kane, you go with him. And you just don't lose further ground, probably. Yeah, no, yeah I agree with that. Great shout. Right, chaps, that brings us to the end of the Surgery podcast. I want to thank the man, Hortz, for joining us once again. Great contribution this Thanks. evening. Yeah, Thanks cheers, for inviting man. me back, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Sports, where can people bother you for uh, FPL questions? For FPL questions, uh, feel free to get me on at FPL underscore Hortz. That's H-O-U-G-H-T-S. That's where to get me on Twitter. And if um, if you if you want to see some fantastic theatre, I will be appearing in The Best Man on tour starting in a couple of weeks in Ooh. Windsor. And then, and then we go to Brighton, Richmond, Bath, Cambridge and Sheffield before Touchwood, hopefully going to the West End. And so the best man. <laughs> The best man is quite a little, little, little bit of promotion. Yeah, a little bit of promotion. I like it. It's it's very it's an American political play <clears throat> written by Gore Vidal in the sixties, but it's very pertinent to what's going on in this today. To be yeah, honest, so well, if if you can get us a free ticket, then we might. Turn <laughs> <laughs> let let's uh, let let's see. We'll talk once we get off air. So. <laughs> I'm joking. Of course, I'll pay for a ticket. <laughs> I'm not coming there. <laughs> God. <laughs> Right, <laughs> great stuff once again from you, Horse. We'll have you on definitely again this season if you're if you're available. Cheers, guys. Um, I'd love. It. Thank you. Iceman, anything to say to your to your followers, listeners? Nah, just good luck in the game weeks, uh, listeners. Make sure you listen to all of Horse's advice. He said everything that I wanted to say. Well, if you want to otherwise to stay in contact with us over the next couple of game weeks, um, we've got a week off next week because of the international break. You can get in contact with us by following us on www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook by typing Fancy Football Surgery. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes under Fancy Football Surgery. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud. I presume you're doing that now. Great listeners over the last, great numbers rather, over the last few weeks in terms of listens. So thank you all for your continued support. We're on Reddit. Give us an up the pod on there, hashtag up the pod. Also, you can send us your questions on Twitter at FF underscore surgery. We'll always try and respond or answer them on the pod. Also, join our mini league. The code is 1173-455. And finally, if you want to get in contact, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com if you fancy an email. All that's left is for me to say on behalf of the Fancy Football Surgery podcast, let's hope the uh, international break and the transfer window doesn't ravage our teams. And good luck in your next game week.
Cue funky music. <laughs> it gives you a much deeper... Um... Especially if um, people are unloading on him. Yeah, I think it's fair to say his price is getting right up there as defenders go now. Right up there. Right up there. There it is. Getting right up there as defenders go now. Right up there. Right up there. There it is. Right up there. Right up there. Got seven penalty area touches in the last game alone, so it just yeah, he shows he's getting right up there. Uh, we've right got up 